Ready? Who's on my list? I've got them. Songs they making, I know them. What? What? I depend on me. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 28-2 of the show. Pernell's looking at me funny. I am. Why? I don't know. Keep going. It's like, what? I'm just going a little all over the place. I'm in a good mood. Um, my name is Rob Nichols. <laughs> I'm Pernell. Every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles, all generations. We pick a topic... And we pick music around that topic. We listen to the tracks. We talk about the music and the context within the games and everything else in between. Um, I had some songs and music stuck in my head. And I've been drinking water, so I'm... Yeah, no, that's a green tea. Come on. No, this is water. Oh, that's water. Yeah. But like... So uh, you haven't opened the green tea yet. Not yet. I, I always two-fist. I've been well known as the guy that two-fists <laughs> But I used to two-fist Mountain Dew and Monster Energy. That's drink. not healthy. Now I two-fist water and diet yeah. green teas. But the important part is two fisting for life. Delicious, healthy-ish beverages. Yeah, like if you're Ish. listening to the show right now, now is the perfect opportunity to two fist it. That's right. Green tea, <sighs> green tea, black tea, and water, and water. It Not use- Mountain Dew though, because as delicious as Mountain Dew no. is, your heart will be racing no, no, and no, your no. sugar levels will spike. And you can you can you can put the drink down, put the beer down. And, no, 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 no! Don't put the beer down. And pick up a Just sparkling slower, sparkling water, or maybe like you know how like you go to IKEA and they sell like sparkling cider. That's like, not a spark. Yeah, the um ling- lingonberry juice. Mm-hmm. I'm at like, the point now when it comes to like I've I've gotten way better at all this. Like drinking beverages is such a weird thing for me now. Like. I gave up yeah. soda for years, mm-hmm. and but what's becoming starting to happen, or has it happened in general? Tell, like tell Mountain, Dew, Mountain <laughs> oh stop! <laughs> Mountain Dew will say, as all these companies do this crap, but yeah, for the yeah, context yeah. of the conversation, Mountain yeah. Dew will come out with some ridiculous new temporary flavor. Like right now, their current one is Dew USA. Oh, you're they, all about like the 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 temporary flavors of, yes, like, of everything, like Oreos and all that because stuff. Because to me, that's how you yeah. keep a brand. Interesting. If I'm just eating Oreos all the time, I'm going to get tired of Oreos. It makes it real easy to quit an Oreo when there's no new flavors. So I've already had the taste. I'm bored of the taste. Let's move on. But man, I want an Oreo right however, now. However, <laughs> with um, these sodas, I want to try these new flavors, but I'm also like, I gave up soda. I can't really drink soda. What do I do? Follow furthermore, though, due to having not drank soda in so long. Yeah. Soda's too sweet for me. I, I, oh, I've officially shifted. To a phase where my mouth, I drink a bottle of soda and my body freaks out like this is disgusting. It's mm. too sweet. <laughs> um, which, as you can know, as you know, yeah, that used to not be the case. You're I used like to chuck some sweet. You're, crack. The, you're the candy man. I am. The, we I'm, talked about candy on the uh, on the prequel. Episode. Oh yeah, that was that was <laughs> terrible. You and your wet random dialogue for candies. But so now I water down soda. Like if I feel like I really want to try a soda, oh interesting, I water it down. With I like water carbonated water. I water down juice. I had a, oh, my glasses in here, but I buy juice from Trader Joe's. And I mix it with water because I find it just so sweet. Yeah, and it does the trick. Like they make that stuff so sweet now that if you took, like, say, for example, one part Mountain Dew and two parts Lacroix, it still tastes great. Yeah. Hell, three parts Lacroix, so it yeah, still tastes yeah, great. I'll get a Lacroix, and then I'll get like juice. Usually, like a lemon. They have like a lemon ginger echinacea. It's so good. 
And then um, I have like a little thing of bitters. Mm-hmm. To, um, that, oh, like peach bitter. No, these are um, they're orange. It's like burnt orange bitters that you use for cocktails. Mm-hmm. And I put a few drops of that into it, Ooh. and it's like a it's like a mocktail. It's not it's like a cocktail without alcohol in it. I hope you guys have enjoyed the Rhythm and Pixels cocktail drink concoction. It's hour. good. <laughs> it's like it's like you can have like a drink on a Tuesday. Oh, I'm, I'm all for it's that awesome. kind of stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's really good. So. Um, People at home, let us know what your favorite drink is. Yes, and then we can have another episode of the Rhythm and Pixels Cocktail Concoction Hour. And if it's Mountain Dew, unsubscribe from the show. No, no. <laughs> if it's Mountain Dew, tell us your favorite Mountain Dew flavor. Yeah, and yeah. then also try watering it down because you'd be surprised <laughs> that it still friggin' works. And then you have two servings instead of one per bottle. Uh, oh, man. But like, so cocktail drinks and all that nonsense <clears throat> aside, you're not playing Persona 5 still. You, you no. dropped the ball. Yeah. Something fierce, and you've moved on <laughs> to the Capcom arcade cabinet. Yes, and yes. a game that I've never heard of called like, you know. Oh shoot! What's it called? It's called Catch the Fever. No, <laughs> it's, called- it's an adventure game that he started playing. Yeah, it's an adventure game. It's a it's first person, which is excuse me, new territory for me and for Christy too, because like it makes us both sick. In fact, if I'm playing, she gets sick, and if she's playing, I get sick. Uh, but she's getting better. She's getting better at controlling the the like the, the, the essentially the head, you know, the the view. Mm-hmm. But like we, what we were looking for was so like a year or two ago we got the um that that PlayStation um subscription where it's like it it streams games to your house, mm-hmm. and we found all these point and click adventures that were fun, and some of them were like just adventure games like the Siberia games. I think you played some of those, right? Oh yeah. Oh, they're so weirdly hard. And there was the one that was um based on the ABC murders. Um, with with a uh, with a uh, uh, Inspector Poirot, and it was kind of easy, but like it was based on like the novel, and it was really fun. And, we, and she was like, "Is there another game like this?" And so that's what this game was. I, and I can't remember the life of me what it's called, <laughs> but uh, but it's like that. And it's like you're on an island, and you're and you're searching for the lady's husband. She's searching for her husband, and there's all these cool puzzles, and you have to like find them and search them. And like the story is unfolding, like you know how in um. In control, there's like tons of like papers everywhere, like yes. little articles. I got so bored with reading them that I started just ignoring them. Mm-hmm. In this game, like you kind of have to look through everything, and it's so good because like there are like little snippets, and it, and the story is told like in a really good pace. Okay, and it's really really nice. I just I really like that. But yeah, I have not played Persona Five. I'm sorry, Pernell. Nope, I just, I've already beaten it. I <laughs> apologize. I, I know you. the narrative. Apologize to yourself. <laughs> but like. For no me, way, man. I've been just like I'll get back to it. It's 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 there. I know where I'm at. You know what it comes down to is the um, is, is those little in between sections where like you're working on your social links and he goes to his job. But you're in the dungeon now. You're in the second to last dungeon. Of the I'm not game. in it yet. I'm not there yet. It's about to start. So get there. Every, you everything the in between is kind of anymore. kind of slow. And I'm like, and when it gets all or, slow, I have a hard time getting back to it. Or if you really don't care about the social links anymore, just go to bed every day until the game progresses. <laughs> just go to you bed. You just skip all of it. No one. I, you're not required to do social anything. I, what I want is more time with the cat. Well, go on his social links then. I mean, I, but it, it's automated. There's no like, it's no like he doesn't call you on a phone. He's a cat. He's what? and he sleeps in his bed. There you go. It's that's so cute. That's what makes him awesome. I, I love that cat. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Um, but like, yeah, I, mean, I see. I, I've already beaten that game, so I moved. I moved away from it. But the same. No, time, no better. excuse. Why aren't you playing Persona Five, Pernell? I'm done. I'm playing Nocturne soon. And Pernell right now, Sona Five. I wish. What's so, Nocturne? 
Um, that's the Shin Megami Tensei 3 re, um, remaster, Ooh. which isn't really a remaster. Oh, I should play I'm that. Playing it on my Switch. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to bring that up to you. You're not uh, touching that game. It's on Switch. Oh yeah, I listen to enough it's music. It's on PS4 too, but you wouldn't play it. I can promise you that. No, man, I'm playing 1943. There you go. See, but like I'm playing that. Um, playing um, um. Monster World 4, the remake that he just came out with. I got to write the review for that for Hey Poor Players. Wow, we're so. playing a lot of remakes. Well, because remakes are in season again. Uh. Um, I got that. I'm still playing Returnal. I, mm. I'm doing Daryl, the last weekend's uh, suggestion of the Summer Game Challenge, which is going to be funny because it's like 10 games. I'm like, I beat 10 yeah. freaking games. But it's still fun to list 10 games because the goal would be just to play what I can of them, just to at least feel like I got some time with all of my stuff. Well, it gives you like a to-do list also, where it's like, I don't know what I want to play. I'm not sure, but oh, you have a list. You know what? I might as well get started on, you know, Mega Man, what are they on, 12? I think so. Just no, they're well, Mega Man, they just did Mega Man 11. Oh, Mega Man 11. And then the funny thing, another just, thing just that just 11. came up recently, which will be interesting, is uh, a group of friends and I are doing... Uh, quote-unquote reunion con out in the Midwest yeah. later this summer. Y'all are going to party uh, like crazy, aren't well, you? Let's not go nuts. We're no. old now. But, I mean, for us, it's like, we're, we're going to have a couple beers and go to bed by 11. Well, we'll go to the outside <laughs> all day. But what's funny is that somebody in the planning committee reached out and was like, hey, we just hoping that the turn-based Chris can make another appearance. Oh. Yeah, because you guys haven't done a, a, done a, a setup in a while. And I was like, Oh man, this is gonna be weird. I wonder if I wonder if the guys would be interested. So we're getting the band back together. All yeah. the guys want to do it. So we're going to do the turn-based critics again for the first time in like four years. You gonna stream it? Yeah, it's gonna. Stream. Of course not. We're, no. What the? Wait, then what's your audience? Everybody has at the reunion con. Oh, so yeah. Oh wow. Well, how many people are at reunion con? It might be like forty people. Holy moly! We have a very large friend circle <laughs> up there. But like uh, Man, that, that's like all of Delaware, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But like, I think it'll be pretty interesting because what it's going to boil down to is like, and I made one random joke. I said the best thing about being the TBC is that as we get older, the skit actually gets better because why's that? Because the whole thing was steeped in nostalgia. <laughs> the whole point of it was originally like oh, yeah. RPGs of the '90s that don't start with Final Fantasy. So we were like talking about. So now it's so now where you at? <laughs> so now we're we still do it. But we over time we switched to RPGs of the ages, like just all RPGs. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Door. But nostalgia, with, nostalgia is like it's much more of a window rather than just the '90s. Now it's like the '90s and the 2000s, and oh my god, the 2010s. It still ends up ultimately going back to that era, though, because for most of us, if not all of us, except for me, because as you can clearly tell, I play way too many friggin' video games. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, the '90s was when we had the most free time. It's when we had yeah. the games that were most impactful for us. Oh, man. Hence, that's why you'll always be like, Chrono Trigger's the best RPG ever. <laughs> and I'm not going to say that it's not because I can't make that call. What I can it's say good. is I do think a lot of people's belief of that stems from uh. the fact that they played it at its peak when they were most impressionable and had the most You think time. they got them rose-colored nostalgia goggles? Well, yeah. In a sense, yeah. like, because the game is definitely still fantastic, but I ha- I'm not sure how perfect it is as far as like best rpg ever but i do believe it belongs high on the yeah, list i think it was like it was 98 no no it was 99 or, or 2000 when i left funscape and i was and i left that horrible temp job and i was at electronics boutique no that i was there before the temp job so i was at electronics boutique for like a year half a year mm-hmm. that's when we met up like i was playing dreamcast for like days on end that's all i did like, mm-hmm. I didn't sleep. I was playing Skies of Arcadia or um, Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online. 
and like it just didn't matter like nothing else mattered to the point where like weeks later i'm thinking like oh my god i need to be doing something else anything else but i'm just doing that you know oh my god i could be like you know working out or meeting girls or getting a better career no i'm playing skies of arcadia (laughs) well jokes all you because you met a girl later and then got married yeah 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 yeah, years later (laughs) a career years later So in that uh, case, looking back on it now, that was all fun times. You know, I'm looking back on it now, I'm glad I didn't go to college because I had more time to play Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> there you go. Also, you don't have college debt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm, a, I'm yeah. If, looking if, over if, this guy. <laughs> I know. If, if you're going to work in technology, you can get lucky. <laughs> yes, you can. They uh, care about certs and just aptitude and past experience, not yeah, necessarily yeah. a degree. And you, yeah, and not, I love how we're like, I, I swear I wonder about this sometimes. Like that's why I both like and I'm scared of it with the garden of this show. It's like we'll have these conversations, yeah. And I'll look at the clock on the tower. It's like holy crap, we've been chatting for X amount of minutes. Oh my Do god! Do the listeners care? It's but been 12 people, minutes. Okay, I'm gonna like cut out every part where you talk. Don't you dare! <laughs> no, it's right. I like my words. Well, let's get into our topic. So, our t- um, Pranell, I'm gonna ask you. What, what's our topic gonna be? This is how it always goes. I because swear. because I said, hey, dude. We can do anti-gravity racing or just uh, just F-Zero. No, 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 F-Zero. no, no, no. Here's the thing. You suggested anti-gravity racing. That's what I suggested. But the reason why you contemplated F-Zero was because I was like, how many anti-gravity racing games could there possibly be? Yes. So the topic was anti-gravity racing games. Because For I, you, it became F-Zero focus. Well, I, I was like, okay, there's Wipeout, but like they all have licensed music except for the first one. Okay. And then there's that. What's that one that you really got into? It was like Hyper... Void. Hyper Void. Hyper but that's void. a shooter, so I didn't count that. But it definitely uh, is like okay, okay. anti gravity. But there's something. other there's other ones out there. There's a surprising number of them actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I just was like, like, oh, that's all these F Zero games I've never played before because honestly, I stopped pl- after the Super Nintendo, which I didn't even have growing up. I stopped playing them. And like the then w- the franchise. The, yeah, and then when I what's that? The franchise. F-Zero. Yeah, because I, I don't have any Nintendo consoles. Like, I, like the, the GameCube never had one. Oh, that's true. Um, the Game Boy Advance never had one. Yes, it did. I, I never had one. Oh, you never had a Game Boy Advance. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. N sixty four. I never had one. So it's like, well, I had one like way later, but all I had was Pokemon Stadium on it. Um, so I wanted to explore that, and the games got crazy. Like the like the levels were like all twisty and wild and super fast. The like, characters became more developed as far as like art style. That's a Nintendo thing. Nintendo like sees like uh, a cool game where it's like, oh, you know, it's racing and it's got cars and stuff. And they're like, okay, but one of them has to have like every car has to have a character. Every character has to have a story, mm-hmm. and then you care about it. Yeah, like Nintendo knows how to do that. But then again, all people talk about are Captain Falcon and Samurai Goro. But yeah, I digress. Well, there's other characters. Um, so anyway, so an- we're gonna call this one Anti Gravity Racing, mm-hmm. like F Zero and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> and friends, dear lord. F zero and friends. Um, okay, so my first track. Uh, it's a uh, even numbered episode, twenty eight two. We're gonna listen to one of the character themes from F zero GX for the GameCube. This is oh wow, I didn't pick. I didn't find any composers yet. <laughs> womp, womp. I totally thought I did. Um, we're gonna listen to. We're gonna start it off slow and smooth. This is the theme of Jody Summers. Um, I think she pilots a car, and she probably goes fast. In that car. But this song, I don't think is very fast. I think this song, smooth. Oh, mercy. I think you went th- hammock in the smooth I think, I think this song is for, is for a nice slow ride. In your in your anti gravity in a car. game that isn't anything but slow. When you're moving 
Moving down the, the Sunset Strip. That's why it's the theme for the character, not a theme that plays on the race. You're with your girl, <laughs> you're with your girl Jody Summers. You put your arm around her, and you put the foot on the gas, and... Was his excite bite nail? No, it always makes that noise, you know? Yeah, like, excite bite does. They don't make that noise in F-Zero. Hey, baby. You want to stop at that restaurant? <laughs> First of all, anybody go driving an F-Zero car has not eaten anything prior or post. Oh, yeah, I turned the fan on. Okay, here we go. This is uh, the theme of Jody Summers for F-Zero GX. This is the theme of Jody Summers from F-Zero GX for the GameCube composed by Daiki Kasho. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know these characters, man. I will say... It sounds like driving music, though, doesn't it? Well, no. Well, it sounds like... I'm not racing. Not racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. countryside or something. Like, I will say, one, I didn't even realize that F-Zero had character themes because... Maybe they played in the story mode of kind of one or two of the games had a story mode, so maybe that's when this played. But yeah, GX, there it is, probably where it played. Um, but um, for the most part, this works as a character theme, but as a racing theme, no <laughs> dice, not a chance. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is maybe there was music in between cutscenes, or maybe like maybe at the end, like ending credits or ending theme. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because like yeah. I haven't played F Zero GX in a long time, but the only thing I remember was that there was a Captain Falcon story mode, but I didn't realize there was a story mode for other characters, or maybe some of the characters show up during his story mode and they get character themes. That's a possibility. I might have to look at it when I get home, or even better, play my own freaking copy of the game. That could be worth doing. Um, but, <laughs> but with that said, though, this is a great track. It's a very relaxing, mellow Yeah, I, I like this part with that, that little synthesizer that goes <laughs> Here it comes again that ride. Oh, and then it kind of gets all groovy right here. I love this little groove. Like, they could have just left this groove the whole time, but instead, they got that guitar. And that's a dreamy guitar. I like it. It's got, like, a lot of, um, like, reverb on it. Would you say that they could do that? This is Dream Pop. Dream dream Pop. This could be a Dream Pop Bentley. Yeah. Like not not shoegaze, but that guitar is like shoegazy. Drive down the countryside. Oh, maybe not. That's that's, that's probably pushing it. But dream pop. This is dream pop. Golden 
have some cake, and then the cake will have strawberries. So if, we, if there was a female vocalist, you would be all over this. Oh, I. You would. You yes. would. You would be like, can we listen to this four more times, Ralph? No, I'd be <laughs> seven times. Get it right. <laughs> but the important part is, yes, this is a fantastic track. Yeah, and I like the sound of it. Like I wouldn't have expected this to come out of F Zero. No, me capacity. neither. Yeah, yeah, a lot, especially since like. What I've noticed was after the SNES F-Zero, everything got really hardcore. Like, uh, the music was really heavy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They, I guess they, I'm not sure. I guess they were going for the edgy racing title, mm-hmm. which makes sense, too, because I guess I'll bring it up on my next track because technically that is F-Zero. Oh, um, <laughs> well, we can do that now if you want to get into your track and we'll talk about that. Yeah, that, that makes sense to do for this. So this track comes from... The game F-Zero X, and I'm going to have a little something extra to say about this track as well in a little bit, but this track is titled The Long Distance of Murder from F-Zero X, composed by Taro Bondo. Welcome back. You're listening to The Long Distance of Murder from the game F-Zero X on the N64, composed by Taro Bando. I want to say it's pronounced Bando, but I always want to say Bando. Bando. It's just me. Yes. I like to say Bando. Bando. But what I can say about this track is that I adore this Mad Pajama. I've been listening to this <laughs> regularly since F-Zero X originally came out. It got ingrained in my head specifically because it plays... One of the tracks it plays on in the game is Red Canyon 2, which is a race that you unlock towards the end of the game where you're racing against 29 other cars on a track that is extremely narrow and the walls damage your car mm-hmm. to the point where, like, you know, you'll collide. And if, you, if you're not driving properly due to the fact that you're driving so fast, if you collide on one end and you try to correct yourself, you're more than likely going to bump into the other wall yeah. and it becomes a pinball effect to your car blows up. Couple that with the fact you might want to attack other cars by doing the double trigger bump and spinning out. It's just a really difficult track. So playing that and trying to beat it with this track playing is addictive. And then once you get good at that, you become you start doing the time trials, mm. which in this game is brutal because time trials are using your boost as much as possible to just blast through the track, but boost drops your shields. So essentially you're playing chicken with your life. 
But as in, you play this really hard track, time trial is like one at a time. Though. You're not, there's no other racers on the road. No, but that's the thing. That's what changes it. So yeah, on one hand, there's no other racers, but now you're trying to get a quick time instead of just beating computer racers. So uh, now you're you're hammering on the boost button. You're willing to take some of that damage on the walls. Yep. Or okay. not taking any of the damage because if you use all of your boost, one hit will kill you. So it becomes addictive just knocking this out. Now, mm-hmm. this is the time to bring this element up because yeah. I've been holding it in. You got some beef. I got some serious beef, and it <laughs> needs to be said. We could do some ranking. No, I don't know ranking. <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. Um, so the reason why this track came to mind for me almost immediately, aside from the fact that I like it, is the fact that uh, VGM Fight Club recently did a contest related to racing games. And a VGM Fight Club, a, a, a podcast hosted by our listener and friend, and the friend, last Reek. the last Reekin, who takes uh, other podcasters within the um, the community and say, "Okay, you're going to pick your best tracks, and we're going to have people vote them, now, vote on them." But here's the thing: you got to add this specific tidbit because this is really important. Okay, the tidbit is the tidbit is that the best tracks fit a theme, a very specific theme for an episode. So the episode theme was racing games. Yes. Racing music. Doesn't have to come from a racing game, but it's racing music, yes. essentially, right? Yeah. So this was the track that we proposed to go up to go in there. Now we don't choose what tracks go against what. It's all about the order of when we type them in the list. Like whatever the opposing team put in for their number five goes yeah. up against our number five. There's no counter picks. Which no is kind of like Well it'd be hard to do unless you're doing it live, you can't really do counter picks. You gotta actually physically hear the track. Well, I mean, I, go, we could have, have a set list and then we can go one at a time. But Yeah, but you'd kinda have to be there present to say I'm choosing this against you. Like right. a live event. So now with this said, this is something that needs to be mentioned immediately before people <laughs> start getting on me like, you don't know music taste pernail. Every track that both groups chose for this episode was bangers, fantastic oh, music, very good, really good music. Maybe not racing. Music. With the, there it is, and that's the caveat. <laughs> was it racing music? Maybe not. Now I'll say, racing music is subjective, right? You know, so well, music taste in general are subjective. You might not like something that I like. I like something you might not like, and you might feel something works in a way that others don't. With that said, Rob, why did you queue up a track? Because I want the listeners to hear this and just kind of... Oh, you want to do like a juxtaposition? You better believe it. All right, hold on. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my zone for this. So, Gave That Tune was the people we were playing against. Fantastic guys, by the way. Love them. Um, they were our opponents for this round. And the track that they chose, which Rob is about to boot up, yep. is called Your Sunset from the game Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Give it a listen. I mean, it's good. Yeah, give it a little bit. Let me simmer. All right, let me simmer. Let me simmer. Uh, mm. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, you know, I love that. That's a good little little beat there. All right, so what we can agree on right now is this bad boy's got some bars. This thing is legit. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, you got that. But then you're comparing it to the long distance of murder. Now, if I'm on a racetrack racing against whether it be 20 guys or two, two of which are hopefully bitter rivals of some sort, and I'm trying to come out as number one on the course, two laps to go, what track 
is going to be playing in your ears as you're putting the pedal to the metal, trying to blow past the opposition, who are likely a bunch of well, Rudy. I was I was really inclined <laughs> to want to say the, the, the typical rock stuff, which I I would sound like a knucklehead saying, so I will refrain. But ultimately, you're trying to get the job done on this racetrack. Mm-hmm. You're trying to really put that effort in to really make things happen. Passions are blazing. You're on fire. Your enemies are on fire. What do you have playing in your eardrums to make it happen? What do you have playing in your stereo to really get you to put that 110% forward? It should be this. <laughs> it should be this. Something. I mean, like, yeah. So, so when I was thinking about anti-gravity racing, like when, when, when these later F-Zero games were coming out, I was already super, super into Wipeout. Mm-hmm. Like, Wipeout was my game from the first one on. And the, the the racing in that game, like the music, first of all, is like just techno. Mm-hmm. And even later on, like they got more experimental and they licensed like really like uh, uh, prescient um, UK and, and European techno tracks like drum and bass and jungle, like all the stuff that was happening at the time they put into those games. Anyway, the control, like the, the, the tracks are windy, they're twisty, they're fast, mm-hmm. but it's all about like you're, you're floating. You can't break. Mm-hmm. So it's all about floating and drifting into the turns. And then F-Zero comes along and it's like, okay, what if you're just a laser beam going as fast <laughs> as you can? You ain't stopping. And like, it makes sense to have this kind of music for that because it's just crazy. Um, and I love how, how how they were able to make that feel so fast. And the, stuff, and the thing that's interesting about this too um, is the fact that I know that, and this is why I think if we end up on game that tune soon, it'll be pretty fucked. I think we'll we'll have a pretty really we'll have an awesome rapport with those guys. Sure. Now, what I find interesting is I make my own argument is the fact that I also play games like Ridge Racer, and a lot of Ridge Racer tracks are things like Your Vibe yeah, and like these yeah, yeah. mellow doo 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 the faster faster you know like I, just it works like for that. that. It's like, it works. Yeah, and it totally You can works. have the magical sound shower in Outrun because that's a different vibe from F0GX to the max. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's switch it up here. We're going into the Game Boy Advance. These that, these games I really have never even seen. So can you tell me if this was like these had like the N64 vibe or do they have more of like a well, did they have played, more of a, I didn't play F-Zero Legend, but I did play Maximum Velocity right. when it came out because it was a launch game for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. And I bought every launch game that thing and had. Did, did it have like a SNES vibe, vibe to it? It played more like an SNES version. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, so this is more on my speed. We're going to listen to F-Zero Maximum Velocity for the Game Boy Advance. This is the cup credits. So if you once you finish one of the cups... Um, series in the game that plays this music during the credits. Composed by Masaru Tajima, Mitsuturu Furukawa, and Naoto Ishida. Let's get into it.
feels so good. That... Those... Oh, that harmony feels so nice. Here comes... Da, 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 da. I'm just flabbergasted by this being the credits theme. This sounds like this could have been very solid for a racing stage theme. Oh, man. Every part of this song is super good. This is the Cup Credits from F-Zero Maximum Velocity for the Game Boy Advance, composed by Masaru Tajima, Mitsutaro Furukawa, and Naoto Ishida. Um, I don't know which composer worked on which song, because that, that's just not listed. There's no official soundtrack for this game. Uh, but man, that, that's good. It's got, me, it's got me feeling really nostalgic, too. Like, it makes me think about the friggin' just the Game Boy Advance launch. That was... That was such a wonderful time. Like, now we have stuff like you know Nintendo DSs and the indie game scene has exploded. Mm-hmm. It may not have the same impact as it once had, but back then... That's a big deal. It was a fantastic deal. The Game Boy was the reigning champ for over a decade. And oh, yeah, a long time. I mean, you get into the Game Boy Color and like the Game Boy like Color Mini or whatever. They were, like, like, they were just... That old, that old eight-bit hardware, like it, it did, it served them well for a very long time. And the best thing about it is, like, it beat out what many would have considered to be superior items, like yeah. the, the Atari Lynx, mm-hmm. the Turbo Express, the Game the Gear, Game was it Game Gear, the Game Gear, the Wonder Swan, the Neo Geo Pocket Color. It uh, beat all these okay. systems. Neo Geo Pocket Color was a gem. Oh, that. I liked, I liked the number of the systems I just named. Oh yeah, but. History history showed yep. that Game Boy toppled them all. So you put that you put that you put that plumber in, in the thing. Oh, stop! You, you put that plumber in it, and you, and you got yourself a hit. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's just Nintendo. Like they but just, they had they, a ton of games. Of they had the library, you know, and they had Tetris. So you take that, and then you're like, okay, yeah. we've been playing Game Boy for ages, and Nintendo finally steps up and says, we're making a new thing. We're making a new system that's another portable. And it's like having a portable Super Nintendo in your pocket. Because that's essentially, to yeah, me, yeah. what the Game Boy Advance ended up being. And mm. people, including me, lost their ever-loving minds over this yeah. thing. And one of the launch games was essentially a new F-Zero that played like the Super Nintendo F-Zeros, which at that time, well, I guess even technically now still, F-Zero SNES was beloved. Like, people talk that game up. Oh, yeah. I still love that game. And even though we already had F-Zero X by then, a lot of people still preferred the SNES F-Zero. Yeah. So, it was like, you know, <laughs> I'm in heaven all over again. And the, and, and the Game Boy Advance sound chip was really sweet. Like, this bad boy hit it. Yeah. Not, they, weren't, they weren't all hits. They weren't all hits. So, the Game Boy Advance famously did not have dedicated sound hardware. Okay. So, any of... The music that was getting any of the sound was getting pushed out of the machine. Came that, from the cart. It can no. It, it, it shared. It was shared with the with the with the main processor of the game. So if all of that processor was being used for graphics and gameplay, then it was only giving so much to oh. the little sound chip. So the sound chip could, at that time it was only producing like beep beep. Yeah, beep, but if you beep. listen to the song, it's it is kind of. I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the word primitive, but it's not pejorative. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using the word primitive in a non-pejorative way because I think it sounds cool. But the, the, that weird keyboard sound has kind of an 8-bit kind of sound to it. Um, it's That's a really tiny sample. It's like they basically they worked with what they had. Yeah, they worked and they worked with it because they use really tiny samples. Except for the guitar sound. They use really tiny samples. They can get away with fitting more music while using less processing cycles. And I can say a good example of this, definitely on the launch 
was Konami. Um, mm-hmm. If you have some time, give a listen to Castlevania Circle of the Moon oh, and yeah. Konami Crazy Racers. Yes. Uh, both yes. were launch titles, both of which I used to own, both of which had really good OSTs. And to this day, I think Circle of the Moon has one of my favorite versions of Aquarius. <laughs> Because despite the fact that uh, Aquarius was on console versions of Castlevania too, yeah, yeah. Aquarius is like one of my favorites, yeah. uh, hands down. Um, but yeah, that's funny because you talk about how the Game Boy Advance was like suddenly having a Super Nintendo in your pocket. Then the DS came around, and that, and like one of their titles was Mario sixty four. Mm-hmm. They just called Mario DS, but it was Mario sixty four, and, and, and that was like having a super, that was like having an N sixty four in your pocket. I'm yep. like, this is this it's is like good. if anything, the yeah. only thing that sucked about that, but they did eventually remedy that with a future. Not with that game, but just in general with future games, uh, was that the DS only had didn't have a thumbstick, and it just had the cross pad, and it only had one cross pad. Yeah. So when you were playing Mario sixty four, yeah, and you're yeah. trying to do all that moving around and manipulate a camera, the camera manipulation was done through the touch screen. It hey, didn't they give you like a little nub you can put on your thumb? Yeah, yeah I that's... hated that nub. Oh, remember? Okay, remember? Well, then we'll move on. But remember they did a Guitar Hero. For the DS, that was create that was creative work right there. Wow, that was amazing. So the cart had buttons on it, so you held it like a like a almost like like you held the thing in your fist, and so the buttons were on one side, and then you strummed it with the with the thumbstick. With the thumbstick, oh, with, with the stylus. So, I meant to say yeah, the stylus. Yeah, and it was clever. The main challenge was just seeing the screen. I feel like um, Guitar Hero and Rock Band like took over the world for like five years. Oh, hey, I hey. took over my world for like five years. Oh, we used to have full blown parties devoted. Like I would go to like drinking parties down oh. south. Like we're talking 50, 60 people at these things. Yeah. And there was a dedicated room in the basement where people would just like play rock band and have like an audience that would clap for them. Like it was a full on yeah. concert well, vibe. Remember, we used to drive down to DC or, or Virginia to, to see Mike. Mm-hmm. And like as soon as we got there, that's all we did. <laughs> well, Mike had the Ion drum kit though, which for those not in the know, the Ion drum kit was basically a real electric drum kit that was compatible yeah. with rock band. It was. It felt uh, great to play. Oh man, but yeah, we, we went up just would just play that over and over again. But um, yeah, rhythm games. That's what we do. That's the life. That's what we do. It's our life. All right. Um, we are on to your next track. All right. So, whereas we'll be continuing with F-Zero from Rob's neck of the woods the rest of the show, this is where I diverge. All right. I want to change the title to Anti-Gravity Racing right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next track I'm going to pick comes from a game that I had loose experience with. And by loose, I mean I played it on like a PlayStation demo disc years ago. But I still know enough of it from that era that it's kind of stuck with me in the you know the lexicon in the the game knowledge base. I guess I'll say there's a better word for it, but I'm half asleep. <laughs> so that game track or that game name is Jet Moto, and the track oh, from yes. that game is from the racetrack Blackwater Falls. And I couldn't find a full-on composer, but the everything I come across mentions Big Idea Music Productions. So. I guess that's what PlayStation was doing back in that era. A lot of like <laughs> the, licensing, like getting companies, kind of like how Tease Music operated. It could be. Turbo. It could be. Um, I'll, I'll take a look. I remember looking at Jet Moto a, a while back and being really impressed by some of the music, but maybe that's all I remember. We'll take a peek. Well, let's take a listen.
he went all in. He went all in. Who went in? Well, thanks to Rob's detective skills, we actually determined that it was actually someone by the name of Chuck E. Myers, not to be confused with Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Myers, a guitarist, not a pieceist. And he is the composer of the Blackwater Falls track from the game Jet Moto on the PlayStation 1. Um, I love this track so friggin' much. That's very different from what we've heard today so far. We have, we have an eclectic eclectic amount of uh, type, type, eclectic mix mix of music here. So this has definitely got like an like a old school Americana rock and roll vibe going on. I've come to realize over the years mm-hmm. that I have a genuine love and appreciation for this style of music. Like this reminds me heavily of a track from another video game, um, Road Rash 2 Tennessee stage theme, which is also my favorite track okay. from Road Rash 2. So Road Rash 2, my favorite of the Road Rashies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in that weird contention where, honestly, I feel like deep down Road Rash 3D is up there for me, specifically for one reason, which is that in Road Rash 2 and Road Rash 1, it was races. Like, you go from the start and then you go to the end. Road Rash 3, you have a starting point and an end point on an otherwise completely interconnected map, mm. which means there is a route you're expected to take but if you know the map of the world you can just you can just take whatever route you want and potentially win and i've done that sometimes it was like basically (laughs) saying like i know all the shortcuts not by jumping off the road and driving through the dirt i mean like i know roads better than the other (laughs) bikers so i can beat them to the destination but now jet moto early playstation game playstation one game you're you're riding what looks like um, jet skis, but they're but they're hovering off the ground. Mm-hmm. But and I remember watching a friend play this, and so I had to watch some gameplay again. But you, like the mechanic is like you you can shoot like a almost like a rope out to like kind of grip onto things and kind of slingshot around obstacles on the course. And that's a really clever way of getting around how to do how to turn better in these types of games without I, I any think it just sounds like it's more creative, friction. too. Yeah, it's like, very creative. Everyone's drifting, but in this game, you're not drifting, you're slinging. But how I talked about how in Wipeout, there's no brakes, right? So, like, you're just going to keep sliding. In this game, like, they really took away all the friction. So the only way to get around these corners is either to smash into the wall or to use that interesting mechanic to slingshot around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very effective. I mean, for an early PlayStation game, it's pretty awesome. I look back on P- early PS1 games... And I will admit, I'm trying to remember if this was... I think Jet Moto came after they got rid of the tall cases, mind you. Or maybe... No, no, no. It wasn't. No, no, I think... I think there's a Jet Moto tall case. Yeah, Uh here we go. Actually, I think I have it up on movie games. That's a small case. Sorry, dude. Hmm. Okay, in that case, then, maybe this was like just after they broke out of the tall case. In the uh, the industry here, we call them tall boys. Oh, stop. (laughs) Uh, But, like, early PS1 games, I felt like there was a level of... I don't want to say creativity, and I say that because they were trying to carve a niche. Like they were trying, because at the time people looked at Sony as being like the new kid on the block. Where do you think you are compete with Nintendo and Sega? What is this garbage of a machine? And then Sony's like, we're going to do what we're going to do anyway. They're doing what they want, and they came out with a variety of games that a franchise that no one heard of because they were all new franchises. Yeah, yeah. Um. And even though they were of the typical genres, a lot of times they had their own personal take on them, and it wasn't always necessarily just, this is in 3D. It was things like Jet Modio with the slinging, Battle Arena Toshinden, which was like kind of a faster-paced 3D you know, comic. This was before like Tekken was big. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the I remember I got my first PlayStation in high school, 
I guess yeah, I must have been in high school. But there was it was early in high school, and there was a kid who was trying to go on a school trip on on the bus, and he sold it to me. He's like, look, I just want to, I just need to make some money. And he sold it to me super cheap. And I got a game, I got a controller, and I got like I got Wipeout. I got, I think, a Tomb Raider game and like some like John Madden game, and then the other the Tomb Raider and the John Madden games went away. And I like, and I guys like, I got Wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> but Tomb Raider was legit. Uh, that was like the first big, to me anyway. It was the first big like 3D exploration yeah, game I got into. For me, it was like I could finally play it because I had a computer, but it, it couldn't handle 3D graphics because this is how it was back in the day. Oh yeah, I tried to play Tomb Raider in shop class and it did not <laughs> cut it. But um, but yeah, like like the 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 games of of, of around the, the launch and the, the early years of the PlayStation were very innovative. And if not innovative, then just, you know, they were just meant for fun. Twisted Metal was just meant to be fun. Jumping Flash? Oh, yeah! Like, it, <laughs> it was a great console that came out and blew me away in a way that I did not expect it to. <laughs> because keep in mind also, another reason why this is important of a note is... Whereas things now, if you if someone brings up console wars now, it's almost like a joke. It's like yeah. if you w- just buy yeah. what you want, or the games are all like it's almost always multi platform anyway. Who cares? But yeah. back in the day, console wars were freaking violent. People were dying in the streets <laughs> over were, this stuff. People were schoolyard ranking. That's how oh, are still on the ranking. That's just so funny to me. But like, yeah, people yeah. got went, went, were really aggressive about it because you know. Yeah, I mean, it was just maybe just because the age we were at the time. But essentially, you know, what I personally, I personally believe that the logic behind it was, even though no one would admit it, was that not everybody had money to burn. Yes. And if you were lucky enough to get a console for birth, for your birthday or for Christmas, you probably didn't get the other. Which means you were very <laughs> aggressively supportive of the console you have because you didn't want to feel like you had a case of FOMO for not having the other. One. Well, part of like, like I remember, like I grew up with Sega stuff, and so I had the Genesis and like. I was into action games. That's all I played. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to play. It was action games on the Sega Genesis, and even some sports games with my brother. But I had a bunch of friends. They had Super Nintendos, and all they loved was RPGs. Yes. Which at the time, I didn't care about. So I'm like, oh, that system? That system's boring. This, the Genesis is where it's at. The Genesis is where you play Thunder Force, you can play Road Rash, all that stuff. I'm about to change the musical script here one more time. <laughs> this is the Knight of Big Blue for F-Zero AX. This is the arcade version of F-Zero. Which is a fantastic Which is essentially game. GX in the arcade. But, oh, man, when I first saw this machine, it was at um, a Fun and Games up in New Jersey, uh, like way north New Jersey. We wanted to play DDR Max. I think you were with me. You were there. I don't think I was there for that, only because I've only ever seen F-Zero AX once. And it was in Seattle, and oh, I couldn't okay. fit in the cabinet. Yeah, it's tiny. <laughs> Actually, I think I had a problem fitting in the cabinet, too. But like, just seeing an F-Zero in the arcade was like really neat. And it blew air at you, too. I was like, okay, I, was gonna, I didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure if that was like I was thinking of another game. Some other games have done that. Um, I think um, that one racing game where you're on a boat did like Aqua Thunder. It wasn't something Thunder. Hydro, Hydro Thunder. Thunder did that. And there was another one that was like uh, another water racing game. But um, yeah, F-Zero AX. This is essentially F-Zero GX in the arcade. Um, this is composed by Hidenori Shoji. This is the Knight of Big Blue.
magic people, voodoo people. <laughs> it's, not, it's just like very prodigy. Um, you're listening to the Night of Big Blue for F-Zero AX in the arcade. This is composed by Naoto Ishida and arranged by Hidenori Shoji for the arcade. Oh, man, F-Zero. Yeah, that, that synthesizer is straight up prodigy. But I, I love it. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's what they were going for. It could have been just a little bit faster. Would have had total prodigy vibes all over it. I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I think it's worth pointing out that they definitely they changed up the OST style like from F Zero to F Zero X they did, and then again from F Zero X to GX slash AX. Yeah, it changed right a there. Complete too. shift, yeah. and it works every single time. Like they don't. There's not a single bad F Zero OST. Prove me wrong, children. Prove <laughs> me wrong. Yeah, they're all they're all good in their own way, you know. Like they're all like because they change, but like the, I feel like the original F Zero music like was so unique. Like it wasn't like hard rock. It wasn't techno. It was just really interesting. Like Mute City was um, um, Port uh, Port Town. That was Port Town. Yeah, Port Town. Like all oh. Um, I almost Big said, Blue. I, I almost said Mute City. But yeah, Big Blue. Like they're all just like they're all so different. They're just really interesting songs. And I think they're made interesting also from like the Nintendo hardware. It had that interesting sound to it. Things kind of sound a little out of tune. And I like that. It's just, I'm just it honestly, ultimately, I'm just glad that I eventually dig in the F Zero because mm-hmm. I, I will admit flat out, I did not like the original F Zero when it first came out when <sighs> I first played it. Oh my God. I know. Dude, right? <laughs> like, something about it didn't click for me. Maybe it was because I didn't dig the fact that the. That was when Mode 7 was fresh off the yeah, presses. Yeah, they were showing and, off. They're, 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 they're flexing. But I wasn't digging the way that the whole world moved around your car. It reminded me of those old, like, toys you had as a kid where it was like the, the figurine on a stick and you just kind of wobbled it through, like, the little maze that turned around. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like that. So I was like, man, I love those games. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's a no, dexterity no, no. game, but in a video game, I was like, this is janky. I don't like it. I love how, like, yeah, you can, like, t- there was a pit stop, but you didn't stop. Like, you kind of drove over and, you drove over and get some health back. Yeah, that was pretty cool. F-Zero X is what hammered it into me. And then when F-Zero Maximum Velocity came out, that was when I was willing to give that style another chance. When I came to like it. Oh, you did come back, you did come, come around on it? Mm-hmm. Okay. F-Zero. Where, where, are you, where are you today? Where are you today on anti-gravity racing? Oh, I love the games because they're always every anti-gravity racing game ends up being the most aggressive of the racing games. <laughs> they always involve you being driving extremely fast and recklessly. Yeah, their track design usually ends up being extremely creative because they don't have to worry about flat terrain. They can do whatever they, they want. They can do whatever they want. They can yeah. have you riding on the ceiling. They can have you mm-hmm. driving around pylons. Yeah. They can, can do, do all sorts of cool loops, all sorts of crazy stuff. Like yeah. my favorite track on. F Zero. Actually, I want to say it's F Zero um, GX. It's a track that is literally just you driving on a cylinder, and you can drive all the way around the cylinder. And there's like different walls and stuff placed around the cylinder, oh, and the like, boost pads are on the cylinder. Like Tempest. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. You're thinking Tempest where you're driving around the outer rim and you're going like around the outside, mm-hmm. but you're staring down the center. Oh, this one's on With the outside. With F Zero, you're on you're on the outside <laughs> of the cone, oh, and you're driving around. On top of oh, the outside cool. of the cone of the cylinder, rather. So, like you might be trying to like, like the, ultimately the best way to play that track is to remember where all the boost pads are right, and right. chart a course to go. Okay, this is the part where I drive to the bottom of the cylinder, so that I'll be over a, over the you know, over the boost panel or whatever. Like if anything, I'd almost recommend you take a quick look at it. But like, it's you can't get track design like that mm. outside of an anti gravity yeah. racing game. You just can't. Yeah, and in the world of F Zero, I feel like they got really creative. 
like in that in that three-dimensional world. All right, so what's your final track? All right, so this comes from a franchise that, unfortunately, I only played the first version of it, or the first game in this franchise, but I'm picking a track from a version of, from the third game, which I've never played, but I got thinking about it because of this episode. The game franchise and the title of this game is Extreme G3, and the track title is called Muon Harbor. This game system, this was released on the PlayStation 2, by the way. Okay. And this was composed by Vite. Vite, how do you want to pronounce it? Chow Dare? V-I-T-E? V-I-T-A-E. Vite. Vite. Okay.
welcome back. You're listening to Muon Harbor from the game Extreme G3 for the Sony PlayStation 2, though it may have gotten released on other systems too. I know from PS2. Composed by Vite or Vite. Uh, uh, that's what I was able to find, but did you find something more concrete? No, I couldn't. Um, I mean, this song sounds like it sounds like a club track from from like the early two thousands, late nineties. I'm super for all for it. Oh, yeah. It sounds really. It, it really reminds me of um, Underworld a little bit. Um, so I'm super into that. Or Underworld or um, um, oh, Left Field. Left Field has had tracks like these too. I love the field of their but own. I want to say or I mean, League of Their Own. That was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Extreme G3. Uh, they look like kind of like bikes. Yeah, they're basically bikes that can ride on like walls and stuff. Oh, okay. Like yeah. very, very fast game with the ability to shift around and the like. Yeah, um, so, so maybe maybe a little bit of gravity there is what you're saying. Yeah, just a tad, but it's, <laughs> it's a little bit. But it's extreme gravity as opposed to anti-gravity. Okay, okay. So if we were doing an Extreme Gravity episode, this would be okay? Hey there, Mr. F-Zero only focus. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I know, I know. But the thing is, like, yeah, like, it's... And honestly, my memory might be a little loose, because, again, it's been a while, but I swear there were parts in that game we, like, wrote up on the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it looks like it is kind of all, all over the place, but this is a really cool... Is this something you have any experience with, or are you just kind of The third exploring? one, no. Um, there actually is mm-hmm. one, quote-unquote, potentially anti-gravity racing game that I've wanted to play for a while, but I never got around to looking for it again. Like, I never... I didn't buy it when it was new. It's called like Connecticut, where the people are the bikes. Like oh, you basically are yeah, a person, yeah. but they hold like giant wheels, and they can just like slam down and drive, and like go up the wall, down cylinders. That's like the ultimate um, ab wheel. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's probably where they got the idea. Adam, from. Adam, yeah, exactly. Add a motor to it. Put up one on your feet, one on your hands, and roll down a hill. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember seeing. There's. I, I want to find the YouTube of this. There's a guy who did. Um, it's called Land Land Luge. Like it's like luge on ice, but like what he did was he put like he had a suit, this kind of armored suit that was covered in skateboard wheels, and he would just go head first down hills. Jesus, it was really terrifying. And the fact that he's not dead. Well, I mean, uh, at the time, <laughs> touche. <laughs> I mean, if he's still doing it, I'm, I mean, the odds are not good, but hopefully he stopped. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think so far for me, this is like my top, my top track. That's what I like to hear. Like, what it's like, Pernell, I brought four tracks to the show, and I actually like your track a lot. Well, it's this one, the Game Boy Advance one, and let me tell you, Pernell, the bonus round is on its way. Oh, man. In fact, the bonus round is here. Oh, crap, bonus round! (laughs) (laughs) Don't turn around. Don't turn around, because I'm about to start the bonus round. Just look away. I'm about to play that music, yeah. Oh, Go man. and drink my tea. The new pop sensation bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And I got to be real here. As soon as I got into this, this is the reason why I wanted to do mostly F-Zero tracks. So ages ago, talking with our good friend Matt from Pernell and Matt Play Games. Hey. He um, told me about this jazz arrangement album back in the 90s of F-Zero music with some really famous like jazz and smooth jazz artists on it. Okay. Loved it, got way into it, immediately forgot about it. Five years later, here we are. <laughs> and I found it again and I just fell in love with it. And in fact, the artists who did the arrangements and um, a lot of the instrumentation are still working today. And they're, and the two of them, their daughter is actually pretty famous right now too. 
So this is the, we're going to listen to the opening theme from F-Zero, the smooth jazz cover. And this is composed by Yumiko Kanki, but it's arranged by Pee-Wee Hill and Michiko Hill. Okay. Um, and um, a number of others. The the uh, the alto sax, which you'll be hearing a lot of, is Mark Russo. And um, and then I went on YouTube and just looked up Pee-Wee Hill and Michiko Hill, and like they are amazing. So they're pretty, they're out there they're proficient. Pee-Wee Hill is is like probably like I th- from what I can read is like one of the best bassists in the world. He's so cool. Very proficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really really neat. So I don't know how they got involved with Nintendo and to do all of these covers for F-Zero, but this is like one of the coolest albums ever. So here we go. The opening theme from F-Zero, arranged by Pee-Wee Hill and Michiko Hill.
Why'd they fade that part out? That's why I can get That was the opening theme to F Zero. I love that whole thing. I love that whole thing. Um, that was uh, composed by Yumiko Kanki and arranged by Pee Wee Hill and Michiko Hill, starring Mark Russo on the alto sax. Ooh, that's that's fantastic. I mean, I got TV theme song vibes off. Yeah, of yeah totally. <laughs> so this was released by T Game Music, um, as opposed to T's Music. T's Music, maybe they're related. I don't know. But um, project coordinators on this is Koji Kondo and Ishin Shimitsu from Nintendo. So they might have. I think they 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 put together this whole thing, they, the artists and the and the arrangements together, as, as from what I can gather. But this is all. I mean, this is all definitely Pee Wee Hill and Michiko Hill. Because, Michiko Hill, yeah, uh, yeah. Jonah Hill, right? So I mean, or maybe she has more of an in because he's African American and she's from Japan. Um, and, and, and I, I think they met cause they played in bands together in the seventies from what I've read. So you think maybe since she was local, she probably got the call yeah. and then they collaborated together. Yeah. So maybe like she came to America and they worked together and then they, that's how they got together. Or, or maybe she had connections to some of these other like game industry or music industry stuff in Japan. So I, I'm, I'm speculating. There's no information on this. That's what makes this extra special, I guess. Yeah, and so the only the only information I really got from that was was off of the wiki page from their daughter Judith Hill, who um, toured with Michael Jackson and starred on the The Voice for a few seasons or something. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, very musical family. That's gonna be wondering how old she is if she toured with Michael Jackson and starred like on late the Voice. late Michael Jackson, like late late late. Oh, okay, late, yeah. Later years. Michael Jackson, the later years. <laughs> um, okay, so we're oh, on to your, your bonus run track, which can, couldn't be anywhere near as good as mine, right? Damn, aren't you? <laughs> Someone's confident. I'll admit, though, I, I don't know, because well, I, I, that was freaking great. I'm just really happy with that track. I'm so happy that I, 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 I rediscovered it, you know? I'm just stuck on the dig it so this is from the Extreme G game that I did actually play. Oh, okay. Because um, the original game came out on the N64, and I bought it because I wanted an N64 game <laughs> because there weren't a lot of them. Um, someone will correct me, I'm sure, but I don't recall. Their, definitely in the early years. But so is on, it, I'm sure. assuming it's called Extreme G64? No. 64 oh. was – I guess now I guess there probably were a couple of non-Nintendo <laughs> games that used the 64 moniker. But um, hey, Doom sixty four. Um, but now nah, this was just Extreme G. Oh, okay. Um, so it was the first one, and this is the XG Race Track One Mellow Sonic Remix by Mellow Sonic. It's his remix. Oh, okay. For uh, Extreme that... G Track One. Thank you, Mellow Sonic. XG Race <laughs> Remix. Oh, yes, I get it. I'm Mellow looking Sonic it up. Mellow Sonic Remix. Okay, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome back. You were just listening to the XG Race Track 1 Mellow Sonic Remix cover from the game Extreme G N64 done by Mellow Sonic. And I am a fan. I enjoy. I don't know why I don't still own Extreme G. My memory is that bad. Maybe I just flipped it because I thought that I could get my money back and play a new game. I was broke. Yeah, I, like, spec. I like that you picked another like long, progressive kind of techno tune. Uh, outside of like, uh, I mean, obviously during this during this episode, you played that one Chuck E. Oh, that's right, bigger than Chuck Myers. Chuck baby. Myers, yeah, 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 track. But this one is this one's different. It's very different from that. I get I dip my hands in the drink sometimes. Like that's one thing I could say. Like I, like I think it's funny. It comes up a lot where people like you know like like things I could have been doing or socially growing up or whatever. But most of much of my time was digging in a very a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Like so. Even though I have the memory of a gnat, <laughs> somehow amongst that gnat brain, I have small titbits and giblets of just this stream of games that Disgusting. I've played over like 30, oh, <laughs> 30 or so years that uh, yeah. I can just kind of grab like, oh crap, I remember that game Extreme G. I used to own it for like a week and then I sold it back to GameStop. What was that music like? Um but it ends up coming up with. I end up coming across stuff like this in the mm-hmm. process, and it's it's wonderful. I always feel like there's always something I haven't quite mined yet, and I'm always surprised by what comes out of the mind. Yeah, and you appreciate all sorts of styles of music too, which I think lends you know to this show really well oh, because sure. like, you appreciate so much of it. Um, but for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artists, band camps, and sound clouds, and everywhere where you can go get the music, buy the music, and support these amazing artists. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 28-2 of Rhythm and Pixels World 28 for now, um, where we're looking at anti-gravity racing. I am sold on the anti-gravity racing genre. Give me some gateway. Yeah, I'm just we, waiting. We pick the tracks. Wait for the next Tesla model, the te- Tesla Model G. How? I'm actually kind of surprised there hasn't been a Tesla racing game. Oh, yeah, that's true. A it Tesla like tie-in. It's, it's easy marketing for the Musk. I mean, just just do it and make some quick money. Um, but I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not chasing Teslas one because I'm broke. But I'd still consider a decent Tesla racing game. So I mean, yeah, I mean, why not? But I mean, like, how different would it be though? But I mean, a branded vid- branded video games are still a thing sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes. Are, and you get a right indie studio, they can make it good. Mm-hmm. I feel like what was it? A way Forward showed that you could take. A decent licensed property and make a good game. Oh, of it. they did the mummy, the mummy like re, re oh, mummy D-Master. demaster. Yeah, that was really cool. And then they did um, one of the, some of their earliest way forward games were like licensed games. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I don't even really remember half of them. It was like a Smurf game that way forward. <laughs> <did. laughs> oh, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, some of the music from Vert from back then was on these licensed titles. Mm-hmm. Um, before we finish up uh, and start talking about the end of the show stuff, we want to say that. Um, our next live streamed episodes coming up for Patreon. Yes, and, and we as he remembered what the actual topic was. So we'll mention it if you're listening to this, we already mentioned it in the Discord, but we'll mention it here for the listeners. The topic is going to be summer games uh, based inspired by last Recon's um, summer game challenge. Music from games you intend to dive into this summer. Yeah, this is like 
your hit list. You know, like this is you got some time off, you're out of school, and this is like your stack of cartridges that you want to play. Keep it in mind. I know you're like, but but Rob Purnell, I'm like 50. Well, <laughs> we're saying get a little imaginative. Yeah, think about it as I if you did it. have that or, time. Or, and you were going to play that much this summer, or even maybe, if it's like five hours for the month of July. Or get nostalgic, and this is a, you're thinking about when you were a kid. And these, these yes. Are the, like, oh, I can't wait till school's over and I can play Final Fantasy VII or something. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, get creative and think about that. Um, and it's just after the show comes out, it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> I think so um, definitely but if you want to get in contact with us if you want to say hello to us if you have a topic suggestion or song suggestion or um, if you know a band or if you know someone in a band or if you just want to say hello you can send us an email rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com that's the, that really is the best way to get a hold of us because I, I check that way more frequently than anything else um, and if you want to get more information about the show I get a full track listing from all of the episodes and access to all the other stuff that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com And we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. We have a Facebook group. Um, I don't think we do, not much really happens there. We have a Discord. The Discord is linked up on the website. Um, there's a lot happening there right now. And Rhythm and Pixels chat, I'm trying to start getting more chatty there again. My mm-hmm. problem is I just need to... Yeah. Hone in and focus. Like, if I'm playing a game that I'm reviewing, I can't really talk about it there. <laughs> so... It's a matter of me having to think about what would I want to talk about of games that I'm playing that I can talk about and then go from there because I do want to chat with people and also chat in there because if I see a thread open up in there that's conversation-based, I'm going to gab it up. So bring up some dialogue. Throw a dumb topic in there. I want to talk. Yeah, we'll get into it. We absolutely will get into it. And especially on Discord. Discord's fun for if you want to like see us more candidly. Uh, every once in a while, I'll I'll get silly and create like a channel for like one day only where we just post you know animated gifs or gifs or whatever. Um, so yeah, so check that out. We're also on YouTube, youtubecom slash pixels. We have a twenty four seven radio station playing nothing but eight bit and sixteen bit classics. It is prime due for an update of music, and we take suggestions for music on the Discord as well. And um, what else can we do? Oh, you can support the show. You can just tell tell people about the show. Um, if you find someone else who's into video game music or just music, you can say, hey, I listen to a podcast that's all about video game music, and, and that would really help us out. Make the magic happen. Or you can click a subscribe button uh, wherever you're listening and, and subscribe to the show. Or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, and you can support us that way. Um, as a member of the show, you get access to a weekly prequel episode. You get access to a monthly live stream recorded episode. So it's just us recording the show in front of everybody. There's a lot more visual stuff to do. We usually play games and things like that. Um, there's also some fun stuff you can do with the radio station at the higher levels. And at the highest levels, we like to thank those members at the end of every show. And let me uh, get ready for this. Me, 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 me. Uh, frankly, Zap, frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, Fashion 8060, That Nick Walker, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, um, had a great episode. His last episode was awesome. All about the 19, 1934, 1932 series. All those games. It was really cool. Uh, Matt's Holmquist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Harold, uh, Sonic Medley, Taco, Taco, Harold Taco. Howard, Dave Taylor, Brian Hart, Silkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton. Uh, it's good, good to see you there, buddy. He's uh, the Phantom Meyer on uh, on Twitch. He gets it in, too. Yeah, he gets it He's in. good at what he does. Yeah, he loves speedrunning. 
um, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Werma, Christopher Sendstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Wicked Congratulations, S- by the way. I'm happy to hear. Yeah, very Pop good. came out on top. Yeah, very good news coming from Bobby Arson. We're, we're really happy for you. Um, happy for your family. Um, we also want to thank Wicked Sephiroth. We want to thank Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Michael Bridgewater, uh, Mebri64, pumping out the demo scene Commodore 64 tunes over in the UK. And also host of the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, something that comes out sporadically. And uh, Brian Pitt. So I want to thank all of you so much for your continued support of our little show. It's always appreciated. Thank you. Kindly, kindly, thank kindly. You, thank you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I think that's all we've got. We got a, uh, a fun live episode coming up next. We may have some really awesome guests coming up soon. Too. Fingers friggin' crossed. Fingers crossed. We got some uh, some bucket list guests that I, <laughs> I've been really wanting to have on the show. Um, and I'm thinking about calling up some uh, some some old some old favorites. Uh, Ed Wilson. Oh, that would be great. The, um, I know that uh, we've, we've been kicking that topic around. We might even do a different one at this point, <laughs> but ultimately, it'd be great just to have him on the show. I, I know Shell's working hard on on, 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 a, on a couple games. I think, but I think we could distract her and, and get her on and and uh, have her have her energy on the show again. The chaos is renewed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Um, I am happy to keep doing it. This is Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. I didn't mean for that to sound like sarcastic. That wasn't, I'm just, I'm happy to do this show. Oh, no, I got it. Yeah. I was just trying to think of a clever thing to follow. Like, and I am too. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It, that would just be me. It's like that Simpson where the guy's like, I am, t- I too am a fan of that yeah. logger. No, we get to the <laughs> end of the show and I'm like, I have no idea how to talk anymore. So um, thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. And remember, Though anti-gravity racing is fun and fantastic and flighty fancy free, unfortunately we live on Earth where gravity is still a nuisance. And what that means is that it makes movement a pain in the butt, most notably running. Um, it's funny that I'm using that as a tangent for this, but it's been on my mind a lot. So people like to use the general comment when you talk about the idea of running. Running sucks. Running is boring. I only run when things are chasing me. That's nice. the hood. <laughs> That's generally the hood line that I grew up with. Like we always used to say growing up. But here's the thing about running when something's chasing you. If your body doesn't know how to run or is not conditioned to run, the thing's going to catch you because you can't run. So it is worth your time, effort, and energy to every once in a while. Just even if you can't just like straight up sprint, just like get outside, go for a nice walk, get your body conditioned to move itself. Because you don't want to be caught unaware of some like a need to push yourself, and you just can't. It's, and I'm saying that because I've I've seen it, I've lived it. You don't want to be caught unaware, unable to push yourself when the time comes and the need is there. So get out there, move your body a bit, be a little more active, or if you're already active, still continue being active. Um, just keep trying. Because it's better than not doing anything. You don't want to be caught with your pants down. Believe me, there's laws against that. Just don't. Wow, man. You're going you're, you're, you're to call them like that? Pantsless people? That's right. Can't believe it. Homer Simpson. Don't you just hate pants? <laughs> <laughs>